0: Welcome to Downstage Center, a presentation of XM Satellite Radio and the American Theatre Wing. I'm John von Susten, Program Director of XM28 on Broadway.
1: And I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing.
0: Today's kind of an interesting show. Mamma Mia! is probably the world's uh, most popular show right now with something like 11 companies all over the world, including three on the North American continent permanently and one traveling company. It's one national tour right now. There's a New York edition, a Las Vegas company, and a Toronto company in this country. And in other countries as well, uh, companies, I think maybe even in um, Antarctica right now. It's summer down there. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised at all. We're welcoming Carolee Carmelo, who is starring currently in the New York version of Mamma Mia as Donna Sheridan. Carolee has extensive Broadway and Off-Broadway credits, including playing the role of Lucille Frank in Parade, for which, Carolee, you won the Drama Desk Award and a Tony nomination. You were in Kiss Me, Kate. The Revival, of course, not the original back in 1948, (laughs) I don't think of that version. You were Mrs. Pennywise (laughs) recently in Urinetown, of course, and you were also in John and Jen, Das Barbecue, and many, many other shows. Also with us today is Martha Banta. Martha is the Artistic Director of the Adirondack Theater Festival. She has served as the Artistic Associate at New York Theater Workshop and on the production staff of New York City Opera. And importantly, relating to Mamma Mia, you are the Resident Director of Mamma Mia here in New York and the touring company. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, let's just start um, for those few people in this country that may not have seen Mamma Mia at this point. <laughs> it's basically uh, the music of ABBA, the Swedish pop group, and there's a storyline around revolving around your character, right, uh, Carolee?
2: Uh, yes, they, they took existing songs and created a story that would tie enough of them together to make a show, uh, and it basically is the story of this... Uh, a young woman, 20-year-old woman who's getting married and doesn't know who her father is. I, being the mother, um, happen to have a, a bit of a checkered past and have mm-hmm. never explained to her who her father is. So at the time of her wedding, she tries to search him out. And the story is about how these three possibilities of dads come to this little Greek island where these two women live and how it all plays out.
0: And also this uh, the, the woman, Donna Sheridan, that you play, her two best friends, part of a singing group, have reunited for the wedding.
2: Right. Hilarity ensues. Um, <laughs> yes. There, part of uh, how they get some of these uh, songs into the storyline is that uh, my character and her two friends were, were in a pop girl group in the 70s, and so some of the songs take place as part of a performance in different parts of the show. We, we perform at the bachelorette party and whatever and relive some of our spandex past.
0: (laughs) Literally in spandex. Oh, don't
2: remind me. It's so so 70s. (laughs) It is, and platform boots. the
1: reason we invited Martha to join Carolee for the program Yeah, why did you invite
2: her? Because... Is
1: because with a show like Mamma Mia, which, as John outlined, has, has these multiple productions around the world, we've gotten used to seeing big hit Broadway musicals multiply around the globe and of course the successful ones like Mamma Mia do a brilliant job of always keeping the show fresh. Carolee, you joined the Broadway production in October so you've been doing it for about two months right. now. That's right. And Martha is one of the people responsible for putting people into a show. So we wanted to talk about that process, about how someone goes into an existing show, how the cast comes together. So... Carolee, your, tell us a little of, for you about how that came in, and you came in, we understand, with really all a whole new set of principles.
2: Right. This time around, I don't know if it's true every time with Mamma Mia, but this time they decided to sort of... Uh, put in eight or nine of us at the same time, which I think is probably easier for them and certainly easier for us because we get to establish some chemistry and some relationships, which doesn't always happen when you're replacing. I've, I've done a, a few replacement jobs in town, and uh, usually you're in a room alone with a stage manager and someone playing a piano and someone teaching you the dances, and it's and it's a bit of a vacuum, you know, and you don't really get to play the scenes with the other actors until maybe a couple of days before you go into the show which is really tricky if you're talking about you know a romantic relationship or a long standing friendship on stage and you really want to get those you know Chemistry is working together. Well, so. when you
0: consider how most Broadway shows are born, they start perhaps in a workshop. But in any case, whether it's a workshop or going straight to Broadway, there's a long series of rehearsals before anybody sees it, before the right. public is even let in the door. That's then right. there are several weeks. Of previews before opening night so that cast has a good chance to work together before the show is ever seen publicly exactly when you're going into a show that already is running it's a very different uh, situation I'm sure as as you're saying
2: it is and and you don't have the freedom to create things the way you may have if you had been there from the beginning you have certain parameters to you know fit within and and That's fair because the show's established and up and running, so you you fit into those guidelines. But the nice thing about Mamma Mia is they have Martha, who's a wonderful director, who really did give us a lot of freedom and helped us to make it our own and make it feel comfortable for for the eight or nine of us that were going in at the same time.
1: Well, Martha, tell us a little bit about the process of putting a cast into a show, because, of course, the show was originally directed by Phyllida Lloyd in London. She certainly would have put up the Broadway company, but she is not here in the U.S. She's not here putting people in. What do you do? And uh, Carolee mentioned a stage manager. What's your process, and how do you work with the stage manager in doing this?
3: Um, well, Phyllida, who originally directed it, um, really said from the beginning that, she, and she had never done a musical before Mamma Mia, if you can believe that, <laughs> her good fortune. Um, and uh, she really was insistent that it not be what is sometimes called a cookie cutter production so that every production, um, you know, obviously the sets and the costumes and things stay the same, but that um, as as personnel changes over time, that we we cast people and use who they are towards these characters. And so she... She gives a lot and wants a lot of freedom from myself and the resident director in Las Vegas and the one in Toronto as well to um, to use everybody's best strengths towards these characters. So that that can really change it. And when you're putting in nine like we did, um, it uh, it completely changes, you know, sort of how scenes are played. And for me, it's exciting because I've now, you know, recast things and worked with people um, over the years. And instead of just coming in saying "stand here, do this," the moment works like this. It's it's as if you're rehearsing from the beginning. Although uh, there there is, as Carolee says, certain parameters that um, you know. Kind of the outcome needs to <laughs> needs to be a certain way. Well,
1: do you ultimately have to make sure? I mean, in certain cases, because the lighting's not being redesigned, the set's not being right. changed. There are certain marks that people have to hit at certain moments so there are, there
3: are but it's it's interesting because we certainly i mean the blocking is the least important thing to fill it up really um you know where people stand and things like that and and sometimes the you know the set is the set it's not like well, we'll move the bed to this side of the room because that's what we came up with in rehearsal we can't we can't do that um for me it's making sure we're still telling the same story that we don't get like all these really cool ideas <laughs> that don't actually have to do with mamma mia cuz we've been doing it you know for 2 years and and you're not sort of searching for something else but um uh but that that you take in the ideas of the actors and what they're bringing and um and surprisingly for me having done this cuz i work on the tour as well i think this was my third time rehearsing it from scratch with people not this is the f- this is the second time I've done almost an all-new um, principal cast, but this is the third time from scratch in a rehearsal room, and every time it turns out differently and um, it feels like I'm doing it for the first time. It doesn't feel like, oh, i got to go do that same thing that we always do, you know, which is... Uh, for this kind of job, it's terrific, because otherwise it, it, it is just by, you know...
0: Well, M- Martha, you say you, you replaced nine people at once. Yeah. Why nine people all at once? Why not just one or two? Was there a reason why people's contracts expiring was her
3: I'm tr- I'm trying to remember what all of the there's there's a sort of panel of people that make the the decision for this. I mean it's it's interest. it's been very interesting for me because there isn't um you know one director who says everybody's got to go or I want this person to stay or that person to leave. It's kind of, it's, it's a bit more committee-like and it's kind of hard to pinpoint that. I know some people were um, choosing to leave, some people might not have been. Other times it says, Carolee says, the chemistry is so important in this play, particularly with the three women, the dynamos as we call them, or with Donna and Sam, that if one decides S- to leave is, 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 is her love interest. Huh. Um, if one decides to leave... You then have to kind of go, well, what do you do? You know, do you, do you plug somebody in, like you were saying, Carol Lee, and hope for the best? Or or, or as, you, as, you were, as you were saying, John, that, that when it starts from scratch, the casting hoops that you go through to get people to audition together or this or that to see if, you know, there will be chemistry and to do all that originally and then just forget about it. The next time mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense, so you know. So, was there so an
1: audition process, Carolee, that you went through for this show? I mean, were you reading with other actors that they were considering?
3: I was, but none
2: of the ones that ended up in the show, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never read with the two women that I end up playing the show with at night, and I never read with Daniel McDonald. Right. Uh, so obviously, they um, saw some chemistry. Yeah, they <laughs> they saw some sort of <laughs> chemistry to be that. Uh,
0: well, let, let me ask the two of you the same question. Carolee, from your uh, perspective as a performer in the show, and Martha, from your perspective, behind the scenes, yeah. putting it together, is there a good advantage to replacing all the principles at one time? You're basically starting a new show, but I would imagine you have a very limited amount of time in which to do this. Not a lot of rehearsal time, not a lot of getting used to it. You can't really reinvent the show. The show is the show. Right. You make some changes. So is it an advantage, or does it make it more difficult having nine people to train as opposed to one or two? I don't know well,
2: who goes first. but <laughs> Well, um, uh, uh, I would say um, it's got advantages and disadvantages because having done it both ways, having gone in as the only replacement, like in Kiss Me Kate, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you do get all the attention all day all the time it's you know the Carolee channel and everybody's like okay now did you get that do you want to do that part again <laughs> you know right. so you really do get a lot of attention eight hours a day for however many weeks you're rehearsing uh, on the other hand when we worked we rehearsed for four weeks approximately and um, you know everyone had to have their time, so there was definitely time that I felt like, geez, I wish I could do a run through right now. But they're working on a dance number that I'm not in, and mm-hmm. you know, can I please work on something? Um, so that that is a disadvantage. But I think that the um, the relationships are so important that it really, um, for this show particularly, where so much of it is personality based, it's not you know, it's not a pinter play, and it's not a it's not a period piece. It's, it's really just about these people. And if you don't care about these people and what's going to happen to them, then you know you don't need to watch the story at all. You can just go to a concert. So who? And, and, who uh,
0: Martha has to answer the same yeah. question. I
3: I I prefer, you know, if given the choice, uh, um, putting in a whole new cast is it's more time consuming. We we rehearsed over four weeks if you were putting one person in you wouldn't give them four weeks of rehearsal so I guess you could say it'd be easier time-wise to put in just a couple people than everyone but um, I I think the other disadvantage of putting in one or two people is that um, last year uh, I think we put in four or five out of the nine you know so we sort of had half new half not Mm -hmm. and they were still doing the show at night and in matinee so i could only rehearse certain scenes on thursday and friday afternoons Mm -hmm. you know and it was very like to get a run through or to work organically that like oh we're about ready now to do this thing oh we don't have the actor they're in the show you know that was that was almost more frustrating to me um whereas you know what Carolee's talking about we we could kind of design like, oh, this needs more time so we're gonna work on this dance number that Carolee's not in, which will frustrate her, but we'll we'll focus on what needs the work, you know. So well, you,
0: you had four weeks of rehearsal. How mm-hmm. much can you change in that four weeks? In other words, to adapt it to the people that you're putting in who are different people than the nine who were in it. You can make some changes to accommodate them and their personalities, their strengths, weaknesses. Can you make a lot of changes or are you kind of restricted? Again yeah, both of you. I mean
3: I I mean I'm not sure I think it's a lot of changes. I mean, when people see it now and having seen it before um, that maybe knows the show really well, um, you know, they they see a thousand little changes or these poor uh, these poor understudies that (laughs) that you know kind of know the basic show but now they're learning this show and it's every it's it's tiny little things of oh you know donna and and sam look at each other now here or he crosses behind her before he says this line or there's a connection that they make you know it's just a, a bunch of little moments between characters that that came out of rehearsal not came out of you know uh, directions in a book is,
0: is that because of Carol Lee and yes, it is and, all and of her it. Personality, <laughs> or I mean, I mean what, what, we
3: we could we could rehearse it like we were you know discovering the scene for the first time and what what I mean I don't know maybe you can answer that better of how that um yeah I mean I I think you're right there's there's only so much
2: you really can change because yeah. we didn't change any lines right. we didn't change any lyrics um, so. Really, we're talking about where people stand and where they look at each other, which, you know, it doesn't take up that much of a rehearsal day. But it it does make a difference to the actors
3: to make it feel
2: like they've contributed mm-hmm. to the process. And but so, I,
3: but I, I think where you stand and where you look is the physical thing that might be different, but just the... I'm trying to think. The emotional. Take, yeah, I mean the take on how I mean one of the things for instance we talked a lot about Sam and Donna's relationship and how yeah. how on the page it seems very antagonistic all the time so when they get married at the end why don't give them <laughs> any- <laughs> Jeez, how many talk well, shows have only, you done? he said only two people haven't <laughs> seen the show by now. But um, <laughs> so you know, when they get together in the end, it's sort of like where does that come from? So we worked a lot on what we called "We've got to find the love" between them <laughs> in little moments in between. It didn't it wasn't in the show before with the previous version? It may have been in the original Toronto version, or may have, you know. But it's sort of uh, you know something within their relationship that we wanted to work on, or or with Tanya and Pepper, two other characters, how they know. Interact now is very different from the previous Tanya and Pepper, and she used to not, she used to not like him, and now she does. It's 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 hard to to sort of describe, but well, let me ask you.
1: I often hear the stories about when people go in as as replacements or people who are working as understudies in shows. You hear the stories of people sitting in the back of the house watching how it's been done before. Is that a case with this show, or is it really again since you had the opportunity to put in this whole group together? Carolee, had you gone to see the show more than once before you started working on it, uh, Martha? Do you want to work with actors who've who've seen it frequently?
2: Uh, I had not seen it more than once. I, I've still only seen it once, and uh, that was before I started rehearsals. And.
3: Um, it, the was no, it after you signed on for it, though? No. I mean, you, right. It was before you moved in. So you, you saw even, it right. just
1: not knowing you were going to be a part. Either. No, right. it was, you saw it like it a real was person.
3: after the mm-hmm. offer, but
2: before ah. the acceptance. Right. What <laughs> 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 <Right. laughs> <To laughs> exactly do I have to do? <laughs> sneak in the back <laughs> of the theater. <laughs> but there was no sneaking because I had ushers coming up to me. hear you might do the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, no, I I think that we weren't discouraged from from going to watch, but we weren't. There wasn't particularly a lot of time to do it either. I have two children at home, and so after you know being in rehearsal for eight or nine hours, I really didn't have the freedom to go and sit in the theater for another three. It just wasn't an option for me. Um, but I have done that in the past when I wanted to see a particular you know, set move or something that I was confused about, because there are things that are hard to explain in a rehearsal room that you really have to just watch it a couple of times to mm-hmm. understand the the flow of
3: it. Um, but I don't know that a lot of us in this group saw so, the show more than once or well, twice. Well, at the, at the first rehearsal, I mean, I said, if you haven't seen the show, I in no way, you know, would insist on that. I didn't, I thought, I kind of think it's better if you come to it not seeing it Although more difficult, trying to put the pieces together, most people had seen it, but they had seen it once, and it wasn't about like, go tonight so you can see what this is about. So when you come in tomorrow, we can just do that because, like I said from the beginning, that was never Phyllida's um, philosophy. Just do what the other person did, you know. And even even with the understudies. Um, you know, as as you you so uh, put it, Carolee, so well about how it's really it's not a period piece. It's really about these people. So a different person goes in as an understudy and they're not doing a carbon copy of who, you know, they're not trying to mimic the person they're replacing that night. Um, they're trying to make sure that they're still telling the story and they're they're giving the other actors um you know what they're basically used to but they're they're going to bring themselves to it and i think it's the same thing when we started with all of um this cast it just uh it wasn't about copying what was happening at night i mean the dance is different because the dance is very much a set thing so but uh some people i think went to see it just to explain as we kept talking about how the set moves and these walls are here and you know we're in, in an empty we're in an empty rehearsal room and if you've never even seen the stage it is a bit confusing so i think that's useful to see but but it was never an insisted thing to see it
1: now earlier martha you made a comment about the decisions at this point on a show, this show, are made by a committee. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an international success. You know, years ago, we always heard the story that uh, ABBA was one of the biggest corporations in Sweden, and of course, now Mamma Mia has become a major <laughs> right. new franchise of the ABBA Corp, whatever that right. may be. <laughs> but who are the decision makers? Are Benny and Bjorn coming in and checking on people? Is Phyllida Lloyd passing judgment? Wh- wh- who, are, who are who are?
3: Well, there's um. Yes and no. Uh, <clears throat> depending on people's schedule from the from the from the original creative team, which I would call, you know, Philida, Judy Kramer, who's the lead producer, as well as Benny and Bjorn, um, who h- had been a part of it from the beginning, and Catherine, the writer, the uh, Anthony, who is Anthony Van Last, who's the choreographer. They they're the sort of original creative um, team, and they um, in when it when it comes down to doing casting and be actually being at auditions several of them will be there and at different times like this year phillida wasn't there at all but last year she was because her schedule you know was she could be um but anthony has been there every year judy has been there every year ben and bjorn don't usually come to auditions anymore but um they will come and see the show at some point once new people have gone in so you're they will have opinions about it, you know, later on or that night. And um, there's also a, a casting director from London who comes over sometimes and and looks at the show. Um, and so for me, it's sort of like the Brits are coming. The Brits are coming. You know, <laughs> what are they going to well, see the show uh, and what are they going to think? Well, there's the Swedes too, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Those <laughs> They're all Brits to us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's you know it's great because I mean. I don't see the show every night. That's the purpose. I make sure to go away and come back and have some perspective. So if they haven't been there, you know, for three, there's a couple of people who still haven't seen the new cast at all. So when they come, I'm just, you know, hanging on the edge of my seat to see what their thoughts are because they're the original people. And we're, we're meant to be following what that original thing was, but at the same time know that. It's something different now, and, and is that okay?
1: And in the case of these songs, of course, it's not even just it's not even just the original show, but then you've got this generation yeah. before yeah. who I, I am of the ABBA generation. Mm-hmm. I was the right age when that stuff was hitting the radio. Carolee, have you sung these yet? Have you performed yet for, for the authors?
2: No, I haven't. I, I keep hearing that they may show up one day on our doorstep, <laughs> but that'll be interesting. But, you know, it, it was a fascinating process to hear about how they recreated these arrangements from the original recordings uh, and picked apart every vocal line and every piece of the orchestration in order to make it sound just like the record, you know? I mean, because these people come and, like you, they know it, and they remember that little Descant line that the soprano sang, you know? And if it's not there, they'll kind of go, why does that sound different? And they may not be able to figure out... Well, it has a certain
0: sound to it. It's like when you hear... A performer do their own song on a television show. It sounds different than the record, right. and it's like when they're on Jay Leno or David Letterman. Why does it sound different? They're yeah. doing it live. Right. They don't have the backup singers. But you guys actually have off-stage backup singers singing behind you. Is that right?
2: We yeah. do. The yeah. ensemble sings in almost every song. Mm-hmm. They're they're back there in these little vocal booths. And a lot of people in the audience probably think that it's pre-recorded, but none of it is. They they run back there in between every scene, and sing you know their vocal lines. Th- those
0: are the same people we see on stage. Yes,
2: They'll run backstage exactly. and sing backstage. Right.
0: It's kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you
1: have music that was produced at such a high level of quality and really carefully crafted, there's this great quote in the copious press material that was shared with us that Bono of U two said Abba was one of the best pop groups ever. I mean, there's a respect. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> for, for what yeah. they did yeah. and, and. Obviously, you're
0: reinterpreting that now for an audience
2: I wonder what Bono would say about us. (laughs) And obviously, (laughs) they they have
0: have a great investment uh, to protect. The show was made, again, in the press release, over a billion dollars in box office around the world, not just the New York version, but around the world. So it's a major investment that they want to protect and want to make sure that it sounds right on stage. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is there's only one recording available. There's no New York cast Mm -hmm. recording, is there? So we don't get to hear you at all sing or any of the New York people. Only the London cast, the original cast, right. I guess.
3: Right. I'm not sure what... I wasn't around for that decision, so I'm yeah. not sure what went into that. But. I'm not sure either, except that there's been so many companies. I think they'd be, you know, recording every other week uh, <laughs> a new company if, if they were to do that. I, I think they just sort of set down the idea that, you know, we did this and we're going to stick with this and, um, and we'll have control because it's just this one, you know, CD, whereas everyone could sound different as with each new cast but I actually, I mean that's my guess I actually don't know that for sure Well we're,
0: we're talking about the sound of ABBA and for those few people on the planet who have not heard it I think we should play a song from the only cast version which is the original London version of a song that I think everybody probably has heard at least once in their lives that they've been on this planet Why don't we listen to Dancing Queen
2: Well obviously that was from Mamma Mia, the uh, sensation that
0: has 11 companies c- countering around the world. Dancing Queen. We're talking with Carolee Carmelo, who currently is starring in the show here in New York, as Donna Sheridan, who is the mother on a little Greek island whose daughter is about to get married. We're also talking with Martha Banta, who is the resident director. I, I want to just have a toss-up question. Carolee, you're the star of the be show. We buzz in, whoever <laughs> would be yeah, yeah. Take it. yeah. We-, we-, we all know... What the star of the show is. The star is the star of the show. But we've been talking about all these other terms. We've been talking about, I think you used the term, principal producer. We've been talking about the director. Martha, you're the resident director. I see in playbill terms like understudy and standby and swing. What are all these terms? Can anybody explain them?
2: Uh, Let's see. I'll start at the end of the list. Um, The difference (laughs) between a standby and an understudy usually is that a standby is not in the ensemble of the cast every Uh night. The standby doesn't have a a regular part to play in the show. They just wait around backstage or at home with a beeper until someone's sick.
0: For that one particular role.
2: Or Or sometimes you can stand by for two or three. Uh um, A swing, on the other hand, usually is... um, an off stage cover for the ensemble members so that if one of the dancers is sick, the swing will step in for that dancer. So or the swing
0: is, is like, an, like an understudy for the, the, the dancer of the chorus. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Okay.
2: Now Martha can talk about the, what that is. Yeah, understudies are uh, what we have in this company, which is that uh, someone who plays an ensemble part every night, but when the principal is out, they will move up they into move that up. part and then the swing will move up into the chorus part.
0: So they are a regular cast member who appears regularly. They just move up to a different role. By George, he's got
3: it. <laughs> it. Yes, that's uh, it. Okay, now I understand. <laughs> you Good. got okay. it. And
0: then, Martha, what is your title, Resident Director?
3: Resident Director, um, I kind of picked the title myself, I think, trying to figure out what to call <laughs> it. Um, She's hoping to get a residence <laughs> out of it. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I wasn't an assistant director. In other words, I wasn't in the room originally um, with the director assisting them. I came in after the show was up and going. I learned the show by watching it be directed for the tour, actually, because the the Broadway show was already running by the time they brought me in. Um, And I think uh, I'm a director, so that's where the the director part of it comes from. And um, the resident part is that uh, I come on a regular basis. um, So, you know, to see, to check the show and see if it's kind of morphing in one way or another. And then I'm the person who will put new people in when new people need to go in. Um, So it's... I guess the resident part comes from just being around more, whereas the original director, Philida, lives in England, as, as um, you were saying earlier, um, and is not responsible on a kind of week-to-week basis the way that I am, so... That's what a resident director does.
0: And then the difference between a standby and an understudy. The standby is the person who's just waiting around to be called. The understudy is the one who's in the show gets advanced. Why right. not just have standbys instead of understudies? That way you don't have to move them up or vice versa. Why not just have understudies? It's expensive. That's yeah. why. It's, it's, is it a cost? Thing? As somebody think, who's yeah. in management, I can right. tell you, it's
1: it's yeah. a yeah. money thing. Right. You can't it's you can't people. have a whole company backstage waiting for someone but, to do
0: it, But then sick. why not just have understudies who are already on the payroll and just move them up?
2: Because sometimes you don't have an ensemble that has a slot that fits, like say you only have, you have a principal who's a 70-year-old man and there are only dancers in the ensemble and there's uh, no one that's appropriate to cover him. Uh-huh. So you have to hire someone who's really appropriate for that role but can't be in the show every night because there's nothing for him to do in that show, so... Are, are,
0: are, the, are the understudies and the standbys paid basically evil, the same yes, scale? Evil, yes. They're all evil. <laughs> <laughs> but, but are they basically the same scale or is there a difference in scale? Oh, gosh. In other words, um, does, does I don't know the
2: answer You mean a that. standby versus an understudy? Yeah. mm. We'll have, really invite, we'll have to invite Judy Kramer or <laughs> the general manager <laughs> in the talk to yeah. us And then that. when the standby
0: mm-hmm. sits home or appears, is there a difference in pay for them when they appear? Yes. Yeah. Usually
2: with both understudies and standbys, they get a certain increment every time they go on for a principal. Uh-huh. And that's pre-negotiated you know, up front, so it depends on their contract. Whatever they get, you know, 47 cents every time they go on. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Now, Martha, <laughs> we've been talking about your role here in New York with the New York company. You also run the, the national tour. Right. Yeah, Is that any different than running the New York version?
3: Well, I don't, I don't see it as often. Because um, it's
0: somewhere else in the country. It's somewhere
3: else in the yeah. country. Um, usually it's about once a month. And, um, you know, unless there are people coming or going that dictates, y- you know, going at a specific time, then I just sort of choose, oh, well, I haven't been in three weeks, so I'll show up, you know, right. in a week kind of thing. Um, so that's different. And, you know, they're on the road. Um, and right. occasionally I'll choose to go when they're in an interesting place and that's why (laughs) i go then you know i'll skip kalamazoo but i'll go to san francisco kind of thing so (laughs) and
0: when you made the replacements back in october of these nine different Mm -hmm. parts uh did you bring any people from any other companies into the new york company either from the touring company the las vegas company toronto anybody else
3: yes the um young woman who plays carolee's daughter um Uh um Sarah Kramer was the uh, was, played that role, Sophie, on the tour, and we brought her from the tour to Broadway. Um, uh-huh. But other than that, no, there was one person who was um, David Beach, who was an understudy in the Broadway company. We moved up as well. So, so,
0: so that, that that does happen. You can move people from one company to another.
3: Yes, it's not. It's, I, I have to say, in my experience, it's a little less um, common with this show than in other shows that I hear about. But um, it, it definitely can happen.
0: And, Carolee, you were not in any of the companies before this. I was not. You had been in Urinetown. You had been in John and Jen and Das Barbecue and... What else?
2: Stop. A lot of other. <laughs> well, I, have,
1: I want to ask specifically, as we transition, we're going to spend a little time just talking to Lee about the work she's done. But as we talk about this issue of replacing, you had a unique situation with Scarlet Pimpernel, where you had been in a lot of the workshops of that initially, but then didn't go right into the show because you were doing parade at the time?
2: Uh, no, it's because yeah. they didn't give me the job. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But but you um, went into it later.
2: I did, yeah. I'm glad that that happened because it was kind of full circle. I had done a lot of the readings and the group sales presentation and workshop, whatever, of the pre-Broadway Scarlet Pimpernel. And then when, you know, as as these things happen, they, they have ideas. A new director came in who hadn't done all the presentations that oh. I had done. Mm-hmm. And he just uh, wanted to have a clean slate. So I didn't get the role that time and then i was able to do it later when the show was at the uh, neil Simon. and so. it was a show
1: that rather famously changed a few times over its it life <laughs> so so yes. it's interesting but let's let's talk about parade cuz obviously that was a major show for you mm-hmm. um at that time i mean it was a, a big major piece with 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 harold prince directing and just tell us about about the process of that show um it
2: was it was very exciting for me because it was uh, one of the few times that I actually started you know, from ground zero, so to speak, with the show and, and went all the way through the Broadway run with it because, um, believe it or not, that's, that's pretty rare to have an experience where you are part of the process from the beginning and are actually carried through the run of the show. Um, so that part of it was really exciting, and it almost didn't happen. There was one reading where... I remember a phone call from Hal where he said, "You know, we gotta, we gotta go younger with this part and more character, and you know, we're not gonna, you know, you know, I love you, and no, no, no we're, we're not gonna go oh, that wow. way." <laughs> and I was devastated. And your heart is sinking. Yeah, because it was one of those scores that the first time I heard it, I I just started looking around the room to see if anybody else was having the same reaction that I had, because I just fell in love with the score the first hearing in Philadelphia, and. um so, when he decided that he, that i wasn 't right for the part anymore, I, I was devastated and then um, they tried to cast it, and they had um, well, this is a long story, but i 'll make it shorter anyway at the very last you know minute before they were about to do this reading that i wasn 't going to do. Hal called me up and said, "Uh, I hate to ask you this, but can you just do me this favor? You know, you know how I feel about you, and we're not going to be able to use you, but can you just do this one reading for me? Because it's a favor to me, just as a favor to me. And I was like, "All right, it's Hal Prince asking me for a favor. And it's a show that, if I'm never going to get to do it again, at least I get to sing these songs one more time. And so I did it. And for whatever reason, something turned in that reading, and um, people's, you know, perceptions changed and I was able to stay on board after that point. So I guess it was a good choice. So they
0: decided not to go younger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good for you. I had a little <laughs>
2: surgery and everything was all right. Uh, no. So it was, it was a, an amazing experience and Hal of course is amazing. And Jason Robert Brown who wrote the score and Alfred Yuri, who wrote the book is just one of the most brilliant book writers ever. I think, um, uh, it's just a wonderful piece that, that didn't really quite have a chance to find its audience but uh that was the only frustrating part of it for me was just that we didn't get to run long enough to find a real audience for the show
0: well you talked a moment ago about being so moved by the music and wondering if the other people were being as moved you sang a number of songs Is any one that you sang that you performed we can play that really stood out in your mind
2: no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no <of course> not. <laughs> <laughs> um i i loved there was there was a song in the first act called you don't know this man uh where um my character, who is the wife of this accused murderer, uh, is is on her way to visit her husband in prison and is sort of accosted by all these reporters knocked down and, and her belongings spilled on the ground. And as she's trying to sort of recuperate from it, this, this one reporter comes back to bother her one more time, and she kind of stands up and, and gathers her strength to tell him why she is supporting her husband, despite all the accusations. From
0: Parade, that's Carolee Carmelo. Carolee, tell us more about the experience of Parade being in that show. It's here, this is a role that you created from scratch, basically. You were in the run of the show. must have been very satisfying, personally.
2: It was. I, You know, you, you do, as an actor, you, and probably as a director, too, Martha can probably tell you that you do so many of these readings and workshops that never actually come to fruition. So to have one that actually gets produced, and I remember every step of the way being on the phone with the other actors and the other people involved saying, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I heard that there was... And and to actually be at the rehearsal space at Lincoln Center on the first day of rehearsal, I, I can I can still remember. I'll probably start crying when I talk about it. I, I just stood outside the door and cried because I was like, we made it. I can't believe we made it. <laughs> so it was... um. <laughs> It was really gratifying, because you you never can tell what's going to get there and what's not going to get there. And mm-hmm. this was one of the ones that I thought really deserved to have, you know, a production. And at the time, it was being produced in cooperation with Garth Drabinsky, who is kind of infamous now for um, some uh, bankruptcy and whatever happened, but... Uh, At the time, he was putting half of the money in with Lincoln Center, and his whole sort of explosion of of all his his wrongdoings happened right as we were opening parade. So it was really um, a rough blow for the show because all that money that he was putting in was yanked out, and Lincoln Center didn't have the pockets deep enough to keep the show going, and it was an expensive show. And uh, so it was bad timing unfortunately but i still think it was a beautiful piece and i still have people come up to me all the time who who have done it at their college or done it in you know different places around mm-hmm. the country and they They still are very moved by it.
0: And to have worked with Hal Prince isn't too bad either.
2: Yeah, he's pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty cool.
0: (laughs) To
1: move to a happier thought about work on stage, um, you had the great fortune of meeting your husband Uh, through your work on stage. And I now regularly see you referred to as the first couple of Broadway. (laughs) Your husband being Greg Edelman, who's been on Broadway. I think he invented that. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, it's it's working. Somebody's selling it very well. Uh, Greg, of course, is on Broadway uh, and has been this year in in Wonderful Town. That's right. But you you originally encountered each other when you were in the chorus of City of Angels and he yeah. was playing the lead. That's right. And then you really sort we of barely got together up at good speed, is
2: the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we did do City of Angels together, but barely spoke to each other. I mean, we really, uh, I think you know probably had one conversation in the whole time I didn't stay with the show very long because I was cast in the national tour of chess and I left the show shortly after it opened so I never had that sort of time to you know hang out and get to know everybody Um, but yes as you say a couple years later we were doing a piece at the Goodspeed Opera House called Arthur based on the Dudley Moore movie and that's where we sort of fell in love and and uh we've been together now for uh, 14 years or so
1: mm. and have you worked together much since have you had that we opportunity we have had a
2: few a few opportunities um we were in the broadway cast of 1776 and uh we did the national tour of falsettos together and played husband and ex-wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we've done some concert work together. Uh, we just did my, my husband's dream come true to play um, the Jimmy Stewart role in It's a Wonderful Life. We just did a presentation of that at Christmas time where I played Donna Reed and he played Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> so we do, every now and then, we get to.
0: Well, you mentioned City of Angels, where he was a principal, you were just in the company. I was. and a typical show. Do the Does the company typically know the principals and vice versa? I mean, do you fraternize backstage typically, or is it kind of like you only see each other on stage?
2: It really varies show to show. I mean, it really depends on what the tracks are of the different actors in the show. I mean, I have, um, I've done shows where there are people that I see all the time, whether they're principals or ensemble people, and then other people that I never talk to through the whole course of the night. So um, I think it just depends on the the layout of the show and uh, everyone's individual tracks but in that particular show I was it was you know the typical I had one line I played the maid it was my you know Broadway debut and as they say in Broadway Baby even Mm -hmm. play the maid to be in a show and that was me I was playing the maid with one line and so I never really saw anybody I was on a a dressing room on the sixth floor, you know. And so for me to get down and <laughs> fraternize was just a little too much energy at that point. <laughs>
0: well, well Car- Carolee, we know that you have to go to a show this evening after oh, we that's finish right. here. You have to get into your spandex. One final question from me. Howard may have others. I have one. Okay. You appear every night in spandex. How do you stay so slim?
2: Oh, well, well what I... Is your
0: diet? <laughs> I went on a crash
2: diet when I got this job because I was petrified, and I, I literally cried at the costume fitting. I'm sure I told Martha this story, but they have um you know several very tight fitting costumes in the show mm. and so after having two children and you know i'm not uh i'm not a spring chicken anymore so i really really had to work at it to get down to um you know a a decent weight which i am now and the show itself is such a workout that now that i'm down to this weight it it maintains itself but uh but it was not easy
0: and that hair we see you on on stage, is your real hair? It bit. is my real it's hair. Great. People don't believe it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it looks great.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Well, Carolee Carmelo and Martha Banta, both representing Mamma Mia, currently playing at the Cadillac Winter Garden Theater. That's I right. mentioned Cadillac because they are partners with us at XM Satellite Radio. Have to get a plug-in for our Cadillac people, <laughs> not to mention all the other General Motors people. Thank you so much for being with us today on Downstage Center.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: For the American Theater Wing, I'm Howard Sherman,
1: reminding everyone that these programs, as well as all of the media programs of the American Theater Wing, are available as free, on-demand, audio and video from our website at www.americantheaterwing.org.
0: And for XM Satellite Radio, I'm John von Susten for Downstage Center. Thank you. That's a wrap.